You're listening to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. This is episode number 117, a marathon, train, sustain, focus. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Welcome to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. My name is Dave Stahoviak. And my name is Sandy Morgan. And this is the show where we empower you to study the issues, be a voice, and make a difference in ending human trafficking. And to step up your running game. Right, Sandy? Oh, that's right. That's right. Ensure Justice 2016 is our theme is a marathon to end human trafficking. And that's the conference that's coming up here in March, our annual conference. And we are stepping into a cool theme. Do you like that? Stepping into? Yeah, that's right. That's right. I should have been a marketer. Do you have running shoes? I do have running shoes. I don't have them on. I didn't think about that for today's episode, but I probably should have put them on because today's guest is going to uh, is going to take us, I think, well, on a journey. And I I've done five Ks and ten Ks and things like that, but my real claim to fame when it comes to a marathon is my highly esteemed nephew is quite the marathon runner, and so I'd like to introduce Bill Clements. Hi, Bill. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> hey, great. I I um I've had so many people ask me about our conference theme this year and how we decided to do a marathon. And I'm like, no, we're not doing a marathon. In fact, I think, Bill, you volunteered to run in our marathon at uh, Thanksgiving time. So we are going to, <laughs> we are going to do a 5K, but the real marathon is to end human trafficking. And um, designing our conference around the theme of of a marathon means that we recognize it is going to take a lot of training, um, that we're going to have to sustain our our movement, and we each have to figure out what our focus is so that we're all contributing to um, this marathon. So I thought I would introduce you first to our listeners um, by telling some of the races that you've run. You have run uh, across the Grand Canyon, and you've done this a couple of times from the South Rim to the North Rim and back. And for those of you who have seen the Grand Canyon, just the image of of that run um, inspires me to do something big when it comes to ending human trafficking. I think you've also ran the Boston Marathon four times, and that's, the that's correct. yeah, and in fact, I think you ran so fast that you were already back at your hotel uh, the year that the Boston Marathon um, bombs were um, the issue. Yeah, I was very very fortunate that year to um. <clears throat> And, to uh, be at the um, hotel when all that occurred and not have to uh, see everything that happened or or hear the sounds and everything during that event. Well, your list of achievements is pretty long. It, it spans the Tahoe Trail, which is a 50K, the John Muir Trail, 
um, from Yosemite Valley to Mount Whitney. Some of my listeners may uh, be looking these things up now. Um, the Leadville Trail, and you did that in under 23 hours. And then you did the Ultra Trail du Mont Blanc, which that's um, in Europe. And I actually uh, followed you because you wore some kind of a of a camera or something, some kind of device. So we knew where you were all the time. That was exciting. And didn't you run across the big island in Hawaii as well? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 2014. So, um, so then you're a professional athlete, right? I don't really think of myself that way, but I guess when you list all those. Uh, those running accomplishments, maybe I fall into that category now. <laughs> <laughs> but you do have a day job, right? Yeah, I, don't, I, I wish I could. I wish I could sustain myself uh, just on running alone because I love it so much. So but no, I have to. Uh, so have tell to me what. Tell us like about your else. what your day job is. Uh, well, so my day job is I work for Hewlett Packard Enterprise now, and I um, I work in the sales arm of the company where I'm a solution architect uh, creating custom solutions for customers looking at storage and networking and those types of products. So, so for me, the, the image of you sitting in a desk um, in front of a computer and then the image of you running across the Grand Canyon are, are really um, contrasting images and it, it, that's why I really felt like interviewing you about this marathon image today would be fun because uh, sometimes when we're addressing big issues, we think professionals are the only ones who can tackle it. And uh, you demonstrate that you don't have to be a professional and this is the only thing you do to um, be a great marathon runner. So I'm going to ask you some questions that are related to our theme of a marathon to end human trafficking. We want to know how to train, sustain, and focus. So what are some of the components of training that you would recommend to someone getting ready to run a marathon? Uh, well, there's a couple of things. I think it's good to have structure. I think it's good to have a plan ahead of the time. So if you have a marathon, normally you have a 12 to 16 week plan where you've gone through and mapped out what your weekly mileage is going to be and what kind of runs you're going to do to prepare for the marathon. So that's, um, that's perfect because we always talk about having a plan and we use the four P's for prevention, uh, protection, prosecution, and partnership. Um, but this idea of, of, of a plan for your runs and how far you're going to go, um, what do you, how, what do you need to know in order to create that plan? Well, when you look at the plan, you kind of break it down into three components. So it's important that every training run you have, you have a goal. In other words, generally you don't just go out and run just to run you have some sort of goal that you want to achieve during that run. For example, you want to get faster to run a marathon. Maybe you want to shoot for a certain time. So you designate one or two runs a week where you focus on speed and you do sprint workouts. Uh, and then another component of marathon training that you, 
that most athletes need to prepare for is developing their level of endurance so that they can last <laughs> 26.2 miles. A lot of people hit the wall at mile 20 or so. It's it's kind of a, a famed myth, some myth to some, reality for others. <laughs> at around mile 20, they hit this wall where all of a sudden their body and their mind just locked up on them. And they realize, and that, that last six miles just seems like it's going to take forever, like it's impossible. So booking a flight to Boston is not um, the only thing I have to do if I want to run the Boston Marathon. <laughs> well, it'll get, it'll get to the start line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this weekly this weekly running thing, this weekly running thing, how many times do I have to run every week? Well, it just depends on your goals and what you want to achieve. Generally, I try to run at least five times a week because that gives me adequate days of training and rest, which any coach will tell you that your rest days are just as important as your training days. Wow. That is, that is so, that's probably the one thing in my end of the year evaluation of um, how I'm going to be able to sustain the race I've set for myself, which is truly a marathon at the Global Center for Women and Justice, is I have to be programming in those rest days. So thank you for pointing that out, Bill. That's really Yeah, great. absolutely. It's necessary. So, um, Because what happens is when you go out and run and you train, your muscles are uh, exhausted and they, and they need um, time to repair themselves. Mm. So just like in what in your project with with any human trafficking, I can see the parallel there. When you're working 12 to 14 hours days, you may need a rest day just to kind of sit back and look at and get out of the trenches and look at things from a macro level and holistically and see how you, what you're doing affects your overall plan. Wow, that's exactly our goal for people who attend um, Ensure Justice this year. Um, we want them to understand what their goals are <clears throat> and be prepared to to reach those. It reminds me too, Bill and Sandy, when I had ran a marathon 10 or 11 or 12 years ago, that um, the same thing Bill was mentioning, it, 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 I looked at a bunch of different plans for how to prepare for running and all of them had the component of rest days. So there was always a day or two or three a week where you had to take off and the, and the exactly to what Bill was just talking about is your body needs time to rest and repair and your muscles need time to rejuvenate. And so, um, you know, I, I think about that in the context of trafficking Sandy and slavery that we've talked about on the show is that it, it can become very consuming and overwhelming and people do burn out. And so it, that, that rest component is so critical. And um, one of the other things I noticed um, about you online is you have um, a lot of friends, uh, running friends, teammates, that kind of thing. You do this together. You, even though it seems like it's a solitary sport, uh, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with your network. Yeah, I would say it's a community. There's a, running, there's a big running community out there. And it's so important to be part of that because it helps motivate you on the days when you don't feel like going out to run. Mm. Uh, 
And also, if you do go out and run, maybe you have a really bad run. Maybe it's not the the run that you anticipated. Maybe something went wrong. Your your legs just weren't there. Your cardio wasn't there for some reason. So it's nice to hook up with your friends who can go, you know, I've had bad runs too. I understand what you're going through. Don't worry, man. It's going to get better the next one. <laughs> so when you did the so. Ultra Trail du Mont Blanc, um, you you had some friends that were also running. You guys kind of watched out for each other? Yeah. Yeah, we we did. And because the Ultra Trail du Mont Blanc is all the way over in, in Europe, like you said, it, it starts in uh, the town of Chamonix in France. And then it runs around the Mont Blanc masses. And when I went over there, I didn't know anybody over there. <laughs> Luckily, I had two friends from Northern California that also got to the race that came and joined me. But we all run at different paces. And uh, when I finished, I luckily caught up with a friend of mine. His name is Paolo. We're good for a good training friend. And I was so happy to run into him. I, I was, he's a faster runner than I am, and I chased him the entire race. And I had caught up with him with just 12 miles to go. And I was so happy to see him. And I didn't, I didn't care what time I came in at, at that point. I was happy to see my friend and glad that we could, we could run the last 12 miles together and finish together. Wow. And that turned out to be such a special moment because we're all the way on the other side of the world running this crazy mountain race together. And if he would have finished by if he would have finished ahead of me or if I would have finished ahead of him, there would have been no one at the finish line to greet us. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a lot of French speaking people. They would have announced our names on the on the mic, but that's it. <laughs> you just then you just what do you do? You just walk around and kinda like look for something to eat. So you're in so the it was Alps. wonderful you're in the Alps running and mm-hmm. this is like a ultra for me, that's like ultimate kind of run really hard. And you ended up doing it um, and you did it together and you finished together. And for me, um, this whole idea of the rest and how easily it is to get discouraged, burnout, like Dave just mentioned, uh, we do need each other if we're going to finish this um, in some really difficult circumstances. So my second point in our Ensure Justice conference for the marathon is to firstly to train, but the second is to sustain. So when you started talking about training and making a plan for how many times you'll run and how far you'll run. um, Now, remember, you know me, I'm your aunt. Um, if I were getting ready for a 5k and it's in eight weeks, which is actually when it is, it's in eight weeks from now for this marathon to end human trafficking. And we're only doing 5k. Um, what kind of training should I start out with? You would want to be a progression. Okay. So you're training for a 5k. You kind of want to you want to build your fitness up to a certain level. So just before race, you're at peak fitness and ready to run that race. So when you look at your training plan each week, the mileage would build up week to week to week to week. So when you, when you got a week before the race, 
you would kind of take a little bit of time off running and bring your mileage back down so that you have a nice, what, what we call a taper, which is basically you put in all the miles, you've trained hard for six weeks, and then maybe the last two weeks you step it down a notch and taper, let your body recover so that you're ready for race day. Wow, that's a new word for me, taper, but it makes so much sense. So we work really, really hard on um, putting on this conference. And the week before, we taper, is that like a verb? Yeah, yeah, it is. So we'll be um, fully ready for this big event. And we'll be able to do our best. Um, I remember when I was training for my marathon years ago, Sandy, that it um, that initially that was kind of a foreign concept of like you you look at the plan and then two weeks before the marathon, the plan starts to taper down and it significantly tapers down the couple of days before of you don't even run really the couple of days prior to the event. And but it makes sense when you think about it because you've prepared your body, you've prepared you you've built up the endurance. And now it's time to rest before you really do need to perform um, versus running up to the last minute and having run 22 miles the day before and then needing to go and run 26 miles the next day. Uh, when you think about how much fatigue and stress that would put on your body, it's it's not appropriate. And yet we do that all the time with events, with work, of working up to deadlines, um, when we really do need to perform, of not taking that time to rest. And so it's a great analogy that Bill's presenting here of of how to really perform well when it matters and to prepare in advance for that. Wow. So in in the section on sustain, we again have to look at um, not always pressing to the ultimate um, capacity. Um, and then when, um, when you're running now, tell me what your average run is how many miles eight to ten miles eight to ten okay so that's just to kind of keep yourself um on track and not get out of shape yeah yeah just to kind of maintain your level of fitness okay and um and then if i'm getting ready to start running and um i'm thinking about it and maybe I'll do the 5K and then I'll kick up to something like a 10K. Uh, what are some of the equipment issues? Uh, when I went to read about you on, on the website, uh, a, lot of, a lot of ads suddenly popped up and it said I needed shoes and shirts and um, uh, GPS things to clip to my shirt. And so what do I really need to prepare to uh, start a marathon? You know, that's a great question uh, because, and I was just having a discussion with a friend of today who I was running with this point and that how much things have changed today. And it's very easy to get really like infatuated with all the equipment, all the gear that's out there. <laughs> yeah. When you don't really need that much to go out for a run. But it's just like you said, there's all this, there's this marketing machine that throws all these three colors and all these hydration systems and, and shoes and shirts and sunglasses. And 20, 25 years ago, 
uh, guys would go out and run, and they'd buy one pair of shoes, and they'd wear that they wear that pair of shoes the entire season, and then they'd wear that same pair of shoes the next season, and probably the season after that. Wow! <laughs> they'd put thousands of miles on one pair of shoes, which was fine. And uh, now today, there's just so many different types of running shoes to choose from. Every major shoe company has a running component to their um, product line now. So it's very easy to go out and spend money and buy a new pair of shoes every month or every three months when it's really not, not absolutely necessary. So I would say there is, there is gear that you need to run, but be careful that you don't um, get caught up with all the new products and everything. Just buy what you need, which would be a pair of running shoes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So a good pair of running shoes. And, and really that speaks to both the sustain and the focus um, issues that we want to address at the conference, because a, a lot of folks who have started nonprofits and initiatives, missions to address human trafficking may um, have issues with sustaining financially and they may have put things on their budget that are really bells and whistles that aren't necessary. And that will require some focus to be sure that you can keep on keeping on and not be um, um, creating a budget that is not sustainable. Sandy, it's I can so relate to this in so many ways. And we see in a lot of organizations and small businesses and people who start off initiatives that it's so easy to get caught up in the what's the service I need and what's kind of software and equipment and all that and to kind of loose and really lose focus. I mean, you need to have some of those things, but to lose focus on the real work that needs to be done. And to Bill's point, I mean, I've, I I remember showing up at races when I've done shorter races and even the marathon where you, you walk around and you see all these people with all this fancy equipment and these cool things they wear in their belts and all that. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm totally underprepared for this. And then you know what? I, you know, you do it, you run it and you do fine. Like you don't need all of that. Yes, there's nice things that nice fancy equipment brings, but that's not really core to the purpose for why you're there. And so one is you don't want to spend a lot of time focusing on that. That's going to take you away from your goal. And, and secondly is you... Uh, you don't need that it, to get to where you're going most of the time. It may help the journey be a little bit faster. And so I think that that's a real good message also for the folks out there who are investing time and resources in their efforts on prevention and on this issue, Sandy, is that um, is to really stay focused on the core of why what is it the outcome you're looking for and where where can you spend your time and your energy that's really going to contribute to that. Absolutely. So our, our three points are train, sustain, and focus. Probably one of the most significant moments for me when I was pulling together all of my notes for today's podcast was when I realized how great it would be to include my wonderful nephew, Bill. And thank you, Bill, for sharing your expertise with us on um, marathon running and for being such a great example. Because the idea that I want to be here at the end of the race, I don't want to um, 
collapse and not finish. And my focus is to reduce vulnerability with at-risk populations, to rescue victims, to free slaves, and to end the entire um, commerce of human trafficking. That's a huge goal. That's like the Alps that Bill ran across. Um, But I don't believe it is impossible. I believe that if we train, if we educate people, if we prepare them, if we start small and do what we can do and then build it up, that we can end human trafficking. I believe if we keep our focus on how important people are, this is a human rights issue. It is not God's plan for anyone to be a slave. Our focus is for the very, very least, the most vulnerable, and those who are at risk. We want to do prevention. Those who are being victimized, we want to protect them. And then that third P of prosecution, uh, we, we want justice. But at the same time, We want to begin to do prevention so that young men don't become pimps in our gang communities. Um, How do we begin to add some of those goals to our focus, our end focus? Because putting, putting the perpetrators in prison is one aspect of ending human trafficking. But when another pimp comes to take his place, we have to ask ourselves, is there another way we can be more effective? Because ultimately, ending human trafficking is a marathon. And it comes down to those three things we talk about all the time, Sandy, studying the issues, being a voice, and making a difference. And it is, it's more than a marathon. Uh, A marathon has an endpoint, and uh, I do hope someday that we will have an endpoint on this issue, Sandy. I, it's not going to be any time in the immediate near future, uh, unfortunately. And so uh, we do need to sustain. We do need to be smart about how we use our time and our resources and making sure that we're doing things that we can sustain over time. And if we make good choices around that, you know, there's so many parallels to how this is a marathon. And if we think about that in that context, it, uh, it will help all of us. And I just really appreciate Bill bringing his perspective here and helping us to frame this around something. I think we can get our arms around a little better, which is a race, um, because there are a lot of parallels here. And Bill, I, I think you're a great example because you aren't a sports person only you work a day job. And if I can communicate one thing to our listeners who are not full-time working in the anti-human trafficking, we need everybody, whether you're um, uh, an internet tech whiz or an executive or a school teacher, um, absolutely every, all hands on deck, we all need to prepare and you're all invited to ensure justice March 4th and 5th, 2016. Thank you, Bill, for for coming on our show today. You're welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. 
And Sandy, uh, for those who do want to track down more information about the conference, what's the best way for folks to to, uh, find that online? Well, you can go to vanguard.edu, GCWJ, and click on Ensure Justice. Vanguard.edu slash GCWJ, right? Oh, yes, you're right. Thank you. Um, You can go to our Facebook page, and there's going to be links there, Global Center for Women and Justice. You can call 714-966-6360, or you can email us, gcwj at vanguard.edu. If you go on our website, please scroll down and subscribe to our newsletter so you'll be up to date on all of the training opportunities that we have available. Very good. And I'm glad you mentioned the Facebook uh, site. There is a lot of information going up on Facebook about what Sandy's up to, the conference, uh, articles that are relevant, notes about the podcast. And so if you if you are a Facebook user and you haven't already connected with us, just search for Global Center for Women and Justice. We'll come right up and uh, hit like, and we'd love to connect with you on Facebook as well. Uh, or as Sandy mentioned, the newsletter, whatever's easiest for you. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to Bill again. And we'll look forward to talking with you again in two weeks. Take care, Sandy. Bye, Dave.